0: Here we go. The winner of American Idol Season 5 is...
1: Taylor Hicks! Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Dave Jones podcast. Second week in may, and the city's a buzzing with good tidings and good times. Hey now, really, how you doing, everybody? So my friend Lee Morakis says because he has Tourette's. How you doing? What's going on, man? Well, it was gonna You know, I was like it's a beautiful day in New York City, but uh, it, it's a nice day. But oh, uh, it's just one of those days that's gonna make everybody sick because it's cold now. Yesterday was ninety degrees, walking around sweating like a like a dirty Jew. That's right, I said it. Today I'm freezing because I didn't wear a coat. I hate not wearing a coat. Went right into not coat weather. I like carrying a coat. I look slimmer. I can carry stuff in my pockets. I just bought a semi-man purse from China. It's 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 a really small one. I'm nervous to wear it, but it like loops onto your belt, so it can't fall off. You know, I don't want to clip because it's too risky. But sick of I'm sick of carrying stuff uh, in my pockets. You know, in the summertime, you just gotta. I, I I I I'm like Bobby Brady. You know, nobody remembers that episode anymore. (laughs) He was asked to empty his pockets because they thought he stole stuff. You know, he's carrying a bunch of tissues and rubber bands and slingshots and action figures. I feel like that's what I have in my pocket, and and I don't want to carry it around anymore. (laughs) It's it's annoying. Plus, my phone is like a tablet, and I got to put that in my front pocket if I want to sit down like a gentleman. I carry it in my ass for now. I wouldn't mind putting it in that little bag. Oh, I can't wear a man purse. I mean, this week, let me tell you what happened last week. As I told you on the show, if you listen religiously, I went to go see an American in Paris with my mother. That's right. You heard me. And that was for a bird. It wasn't even for Mother's Day. It's just that's the kind of good son that I am. It was just a regular Thursday. But... Uh, Wait to see American in Paris. If you know anything about American... What am I talking about? Nobody knows about American in Paris. Um, so just wait for the uh, the Tony show. We're going to have it a couple of weeks on June 7th. Uh, then we'll be having Scotty Gordonstein here. We'll be talking about the Tonys. Because the one thing I like to talk about is the Tonys and basketball that time of the year. It's true. I'm the only person. I don't know anyone else. I'm hoping people will listen because it is hilarious. So... Yeah, because for so many years When the Knicks were good In the 90s It was only me and my friend Vincent Who used to be on Broadway The only other straight man I know that was on Broadway He was in Hair He was in the original production of Hair but this guy He was so good looking he used to get laid constantly I mean he's still really good looking But back then in the 60s Oh it was ridiculous And they used to get naked in that play You know at the end He was telling me about it He's like, well, you had the choice You had the choice And you'd come up in this ele- ele- this elevator And, you know, you were either naked or you weren't And it was just, you know He was a Broadway guy But he was straight Can you imagine being a straight guy in Broadway? Oh, my God That's some sweet magic Being a straight guy in a Broadway musical You really have your pick You really have your pick You make fun of people all you want you, you, nobody's going to be making fun when you're bringing around all these girls. However, these girls are loony, as we've seen in the horrible movie Birdman. So that's the one downside. But there's no doubt about it that they're hot and they know how to move. I'm just saying. So for years in the 90s when the Knicks were good, we'd go back and for the Knicks and the Bulls. Be, you know, it, it's during the finals, the NBA finals, the same day as the Tonys. So and they always play on a Sunday. Always playing on Sunday, Tony Day. We'd always be calling back and forth. Did you see Michael Jordan just make that shot? Did you see what Angela Lansbury was wearing? Is she kidding? She can't pull that off. And we'd go back and forth. Is it gay? Is it straight? It's hard to say. All right, granted, if we're saying what Angela Lansbury is wearing, it's probably gay. But we weren't just saying it. I was just saying, using that as an example... Because I couldn't think of any of the shows (laughs) We'd probably We were probably like comic book nerds Where we'd mock the performances of the shows Oh my god, are they kidding? Doing a production of Rent like that? Really? Really? That's how they want to present it to the public? Hello? Maybe I haven't noticed them by myself today I decided to You know what I like doing like once a month I like doing it by myself I feel like I don't get out everything i need to when somebody's here people annoy me you know including sarah you know i don't understand these professionals sarah's a professional comedian and irene is you know a a comedian (laughs) i hope she's not listening today they're they're hitting the table they're holding their mics they're moving i don't understand you don't know not to touch your microphone that it's going to make noise sarah's been in like 40 movies don't hit your your mic when you're walking around, dummy You imagine that kind of stuff pissing me That's when you know you're getting old I'm mad at everybody I want those kids off my lawn And I want them off now But I like doing the show once in a while As you know, by myself Anyway, what I was saying was I went, Me and my sister and my mom Went to see an American in Paris Which, quite frankly, is, is very good And it's a ballet If you know anything about the movie It's rather a ballet Gene Kelly Centuries, Who I never thought was attractive and they, it's a, it's mostly a ballet, but I like the ballet. So anyway, we get there. And my mother goes, "Oh look, David, the lead uh, the lead in this uh, show is the guy we saw at the Met at the ballet. We saw him do Romeo and Juliet." And I'm like, "Oh my God, that's right. We did." So I'm watching the show. I didn't fall asleep. You know, I was nervous. Um, it was enjoyable. You know. They put a bunch of stuff about the Holocaust in and stuff because it's supposed to take place in like the the right after World War II. Uh, Gene Kelly was a GI who just stayed in Paris after the war, and this time they added in a bunch of Holocaust stuff and stuff. And I, I was like, "Wow, is this is this in the movie?" Because the the movie won Best Picture, I think, in nineteen fifty something. And I always wonder that. Wow, it won a Best Picture. That's amazing. But I guess you know a lot of musicals won back then, but. Um, I was like, wow, no wonder it won Best Picture. They got stuff about the Holocaust in 1950. That's right after. That's pretty risky for a musical. My mom was like, yeah, none of that was in the uh, actual movie. I'm like, boy, that would have been some goddamn musical. Can you imagine back then? Then I was like, oh, that's why I won. It had nothing to do with that. They were giving shit away back then. You know, because I thought I liked, I liked that they uh, put stuff like that in—a little controversial, Nazis hiding out, stuff like that. It was interesting. But um, anyway, walking down the street after, because you know we got to go to dinner. We got to go to uh, Joe Allen's. That's where you go. You have a meal after the show. Uh, you know, me and my friend Vincent, Larry Moss, the legendary acting theater. We go every time we see a show. We go to Joe Allen's. Talk about the show. You got to go to Joe Allen's. Joe Allen's is... <laughs> let me tell you, so you want to hear gay? Joe Allen's is this restaurant on Restaurant Row. I call the guy. I'm like, yeah, I'd like to make a reservation for three, maybe around 10. He's like, can I ask you a question? Are you seeing a show? And I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's like, which one? I'm like, uh, an American in Paris. Uh, You know what's better for you? Ten fifteen. And I'm like, it is? And he goes, yeah, see, that that show runs, let me see, it runs two and a half, two hours and 40 minutes. And the walk time is 15 minutes. Like, he had it all figured out. He knew exactly the runtime of the play and how long it takes to get from America to Paris, whether you're elderly or not, to his restaurant. And we made it exactly on time for the reservation. Unbelievable. <laughs> the guy knows his show. He knows the runtime of every show on Broadway. The maitre d' at Joe Allen's. That's hilarious. Because I'm pretty sure the maitre d' at Brother Jimmy's does not. But next time I call for a reservation of Brother Jimmy's, you know, if I'm going to watch a, you know, the Clippers game or something, I'm going to be like, can I ask you a question? Do you know the runtime for Fun Home? It's a Broadway musical. Excuse me? Fun Home. It's a Broadway musical. Why? Fun Home. <laughs> anyway, so we're going, we're leaving the show. I walk down the street. I run into Chris Bazilli, who is the owner of the Gotham Comedy Club here in the city. The very great Gotham Comedy Club where I do all my charity shows. I've known him for so many years. So uh, I introduced my mom and my sister. And he goes, oh, I've known your son for so many years. And he's with another comic. I don't remember his name. They were doing a benefit. He's like, oh, were you at that benefit? I'm like, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, Susie Essman was just there. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, got, yeah, right, right. And I say, no, I said, I just saw American in Paris with my mom and my mother goes yes, and the lead actor was in the the same guy who was in the ballet. David and I said, so "I'm like shut up, Rhoda. <laughs> She's just kidding. We we didn't go to the ballet, and certainly not on Super Bowl Sunday, sir." <laughs> oh, how you doing? So what's going on, man? <laughs> yeah, that happened. That's all right. Everybody gets it. It was pretty funny. So anyway, what I was saying is today, you know, it's the weather keeps changing. All of a sudden, I get a tickle in the back of my throat. I'm like, you got to be kidding me because there's one weather change. I I don't I think it's just like something flew into my throat. I'm hoping because I'm walking around with a jacket today at 60 degrees. You can't The change in the weather is what makes everybody sick. I don't think I've ever seen anyone get sick in Los Angeles. Why aren't we all living there? I don't have a good lightweight jacket that's the problem I either have a heavy one or not my lightweight jacket has like a stain on it so it looks like a big jism stain I walk around with the back it's horrible sometimes I have to wear it but it looks you know it's retarded I tried to buy one last year it never showed up and so I was gonna I like, like now it's too late it's already May and then all of a sudden I was walking around without a jacket and you know that first day you walk around without a jacket the first day it's very controversial you're like oh I'm forgetting something I don't know what I'm doing I have nowhere to put my phone and my headphones and my gum First day without a jacket I'm very confused And now it's been a couple days But now I need a jacket again Since LA is like really complicated Because in the afternoon It's, it's 90, 90 degrees You definitely don't need a jacket But at night you definitely need a jacket And that's in the summer months How do you prepare? Well that's the beauty about having a car out there But if you're going around all day without a car You're really screwed And that's why I might need the man purse I might need it it's not. It's not big. It's just like a. It looks like it's just like a phone case. But you know what? The fact of the matter is, I seen this guy wearing a phone case today. He looks like an idiot. He looks like an idiot. The phone case is like the nerd example, you know, of the of the old glass case with the pens in it. I don't need any more nerdy gayness in my life. Speaking of which, it's so funny when Sarah was here, or some, or sometimes a lot of times. When I'm interviewing somebody, um, you know that I that I want to talk to in in a manner or ask questions. Maybe not Sarah, but somebody else. I um, I always think I'm an idiot. I mean, I like to be prepared, and I like to ask questions, and I like to have serious conversations. You know that sometimes the show turns a little a little serious, but that's good, right? <laughs> you don't want it to be shticky all the time. <laughs> but there's this, there's a movie called Primary Colors it's a great movie it's very entertaining John Travolta his truly his best performance San Saturday Night Fever primary close he was basically playing President Bill Clinton I don't know if you've seen it directed by the great late Mike Mike Nichols and it's based on a book by Anonymous we know who wrote it now I don't know the guy's name I could look it up I don't feel like it but one of his you know Guys, he was uh, working with like a, like a you know, guy that runs a campaign, wrote the book about Clinton's um, campaign, you know, running his campaign and, you know, all the infidelities and the nonsense and, and uh, Emma Thompson, right? They get her and Emma Watson mixed up a lot. Uh, she plays Hillary Clinton. She's brilliant. Billy Bob Thornton's in it. And Kathy Bates. Oh, my God this woman is amazing and everything she could play that same character every time that loud mouth kind of lesbian kind of thing which, which she plays in this and I'll, it's it's great every time she's so fucking good so the movie's great Travolta's amazing you completely forget it's Travolta halfway through and he's talking like Bill and it's like and it's what you want to believe because it's based on truth of how Bill Clinton won and it's completely fascinating and and the kind of man that he is I was watching Letterman last night And Clinton was on it And you just see What, a, what an interesting man And what, what, a, what, a, what a guy that really Wanted to be president to, to truly help And get laid And is it so bad to be president And want to get laid <laughs> Because it, it didn't he, he, he never lost focus From getting laid So you, you should let that go if if girls don't make you lose your focus then who isn't okay with that i mean this is a guy that's able to fuck and you know sign stuff at the same time he's a multitasker and i told you most men aren't good at that but he was outstanding at it but when you see this movie it's fascinating to see how like he you know you you really believe that this is the true story and that he could care and uh, anyway, there's a scene and I bring it up because Rob Reiner is in it and he plays this Jewish DJ and, and you know, they make it a point that, you know, uh, Robert, the legendary comedian Robert Klein is in it and he's saying, listen, you don't come to New York without seeing the Chabad Lubavitch. You know, that's when you see all the presidential candidates, they're always wearing the yarmulke because they got to visit the Chabad Lubavitch because, you know, it's a slew of Democratic votes. Or Republicans sometimes. But, um... So he plays this Jewish uh, DJ in, I, I don't even know where they are. And uh, his name is Izzy Rosenblatt, and he's interviewing, you know, they call him Governor Stanton in this. And then one of the other candidates calls in. But uh, this is the way I always feel when I'm interviewing. He goes, He's like, my I'm Izzy Rosenblatt with Schmooze for Jews. My guest today is presidential nominee and JFK lookalike Governor Jack Stanton. Jack, when we were talking before, you said your mama liked Vegas. As a tip to our listeners, where does she stay? I always feel that's how we interview people. i <laughs> like, who is your favorite act in Vegas? Is it Wayne Newton? <laughs> I'm thinking about that when I when I talk to people. Are these the kind of questions I'm asking? I, I just wonder. I got to catch myself. It's, but he's really good about it. He's really good. It's the way Clinton would ask. He would go with the flow. And he goes, well, I got to tell you she's loyal to the mgm grand and uh you know is her favorite act wayne newton well everyone loves wayne newton he answers it so perfectly it's just the way clinton would handle it and then the other governor calls up and uh it's actually larry hagman plays this other governor senator harris or something and he's angry why are you asking me these questions and you know it's just kind of a fascinating depiction it's based on complete true story and um it's a great movie but the reason I also bring it up is because when I was thinking about this um do you realize that in that one scene three legendary 60s 70s sitcom actors are in this one scene yeah I didn't it's occurred to me Rob Reiner from all in the family I mean a legendary sitcom John Travolta, who was a legendary sitcom icon. Sometimes we forget where he started on Welcome Back, Cotter. And Larry Hagman from I Dream of Jeannie. I Dream of Jeannie. I think I said I Dream of Genie. And these three guys are in a scene together. Isn't that amazing? I don't. Am I the only one? See, now I'm Izzy Rosenblatt all of a sudden. Did you realize there were three 70s sitcoms icons in that one scene? Who's your favorite sitcom idol? Is it Rob Reiner? Now I'm doing Horseshack from Welcome Back Carter. Mr. Carter. Look at me. So, I don't know. I've been waiting to talk about it for a long time. I don't know why. I just uh, I wanted to point that out. You know, because who's going to notice that except me? Now you're going to think about it like, oh my God, he's right. If you care. Just a couple things, you know, um, you know, everybody's talking about this Osama bin Laden cover up this, uh, you know, this guy wrote this book, a new book uh, with new theories, this uh, Seymour Hirsch, he's a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, writes for the London Review, says that the um, writes that the bin Laden's burial at sea never happened, saying sources told him the CIA took control of the body. You know, I'm not a conspiracy guy, but I believe that 100%. I felt from the very first day there was something odd about them just throwing his body into the sea. There's something very, very weird about that. It's like we need the proof. I mean, first of all, killing Osama bin Laden when he's, I don't know, hanging around at home, I, I it doesn't really solve anything. Maybe it puts some closure and stuff. I don't know. I feel like Batman, you know... He tries not to kill anybody that even though he should. You want to kill, but it's like, eh, does that prove anything? I don't know. I guess it says sends a message. You maybe, but anyway, the thing about being buried at sea, I did always find fishy. So I'm kind of fascinated by this. I was wondering when somebody would uncover this. You know, there's gonna be movies and shit like with Hitler's body. Like, no, his body was never found. And the fact is, the uh, you know from the Avengers. uh, Hydra uncovered it and they found something buried inside his body it was a message from aliens you know it's gonna be something like that but I, I I don't I mean I don't know what they did with it I don't know why they wouldn't put it as I don't know what they expect to do with it but I did find that odd I can't deny it. and again I'm not a conspiracy guy i I do believe that you know he was involved with the attacks on 9 eleven i I really don't think George Bush had you know blew up the world Trade center i I really don't. There's some kid who was friends with uh, my friend Alec from The Family Guy tried to explain to me, he tried to show me video of how there were charges in the World Trade Center set up that they blew up first before the plane hit. He almost had me convinced that he made a very compelling case. But, and, and you know, who knows? I mean, maybe, uh, but I don't think Bush was involved. Maybe Cheney. He seems pretty evil. But, uh, I don't think Bush knew because I would have thought they would have had a better plan if that was planned ahead for him to maybe, if he's reading to children, to then not finish reading and then get up immediately and be like, children? I mean, that's his chance to to look cool. (laughs) I have an emergency, if you'll excuse me. You know how you handle leaving those kids and not continuing to have that blank look on his face like he really did just get the news. He's not that good an actor. Clinton is, he's good And then I was thinking that uh, George Zimmerman is in trouble again, that's the guy that Shot, shot, uh, you know That's where all this uh, trouble started Well, it didn't start, but you know He's the guy that Killed Trayvon Martin, right, isn't that His name, Trayvon Martin, do I have the last name correct? I know it's Trayvon Well, you know He got off, they're like saying it was self-defense (laughs) Why is anybody believing that anymore this guy's always in trouble there's always some sort of gunplay this is the guy we got to put down this george zimmerman is an asshole he won't go away he's like pulling like oj shit where you like get off and then you don't leave town and you just pretend like everything's okay and you get into more trouble what a fucking dick he was injured in an armed road rage incident in Florida again Monday. He should leave Florida, firing his own weapon at the former neighbor at the, at the car. Somebody for, fired a weapon at his car because he was a road rage. This guy's got to be stopped. We gotta we gotta do something. There's gotta we gotta just deport him. What a complete tool. And one other thing before we're gonna call our friend John Vinnie from the Boston Globe. Whenever I mention a guest, i got to go to the DJ boys. I'm going to call John Vetti for the Boston Globe today. We're going to talk about some sports, some other stuff. Because John Vetti is a good man. Talk about the Gate. Remember, he's the Boston Globe. we got to talk about that, right? So great that we have a connection there. Uh, oh, i got to say two other things. You know, it's funny when I was, um, I'm, you know, I'm doing the show at my house, I always tell you. Everybody keeps telling me, you got to bring it out. And I want to, you know, but like bring it to a restaurant or a bar. I'm not sure why. I know I want to bring people out and I want to have some bands and stuff, but and it's funny. When I'm doing the show and I know I'm doing it by myself, uh, I came home. I kind of undressed, and I'm like, I I was ready to put on pajama bottoms or shorts. And I'm like, you know what? I I can't, I can't do the podcast in in pajama bottoms. I I gotta wear jeans. I got and and I and I couldn't like. I know people think like now you can do it in your pajamas. I'm like, I can't. I had to put a regular shirt on and gee, je- like I, I have to dress up. I don't know why. I don't feel like a person when I'm talking like this if I'm not dressed, if I'm just sitting in my underwear, or I can't even talk on the phone that way. I feel like I like I feel more like a person when I, if I'm talking about work on the phone, I, I have to have I have to be wearing pants. I'm not one of those guys that can just walk around in my underwear and talk on the phone. I mean maybe, you know, it's the end of the night. But for the podcast, I I gotta be dressed. I gotta be I gotta dress like a gentleman. I thought I'd bring that up, but here's a uh, this uh, unbelievable article about this uh, woman. I'll mention her name in a second. Who I, I mean, this is the the sad part. She uh, she got struck by a postal truck uh, in the Chelsea area here in Manhattan. She was on a bike, and she got hit by a postal truck. There's a you know a big postal depot over in the by Madison Square Garden and she got hit and she, and she died and that's sad but uh, her husband is Nathan Dershowitz now I don't know if you're familiar with that name but that postal guy has got to be that's got to be the worst luck in the history of the planet this is like my kind of luck this guy, this is what I would do I've never hit anybody in my life I always feel if you're driving, you need to be 100%. You need to be 100%. You can never get into an accident. And I'm saying it, jinxing myself, because I'm saying it doesn't matter. You must be 100%. But this guy has the luck of maybe, you know, for the first time he ever hit somebody, and a cyclist, and it's easy to hit the cyclists, he hit Dershowitz. I don't know if you know the name, Alan Dershowitz. That's the guy they made a movie about and got off O.J. and he got off Klaus von Bülow and he hit his brother. (laughs) This poor driver hit his brother. Oh, and let me tell you, oh, man, you do not want to mess with any of Alan Dershowitz's family because if that guy brings a lawsuit, you're through. Fuck, this guy's good. He's the, he's the, he got O.J. off. <laughs> I mean, you ever see the movie Reversal of Fortune? Oh, my God. I watch that movie all the time. I, like to, I can do Jeremy Irons' imitation. Uh, I'm the only person that can. Alan, I would like my own individual order of ginger prawns. You must understand, Sonny and I were deeply in love. But not the kind of love you could understand, Alan. And uh, who was it? The, uh... Oh, darn, uh... God, I remember his name all the time. Can't remember. He's dead now. Guy who played Dershowitz. Uh, he was in a couple of good movies, but that was his best. He was amazing in that. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't remember. What a dick I am. And it's like a really easy one, too. Uh... He used to be in Rhoda, show Rhoda. And uh, one last thing before we uh, uh, talk to John Foley from the Boston Globe, the Olive Garden. You want to see their campaign? The Olive Garden, which is a joke amongst everyone. Although the one time I went there, I thought it was delicious. My brother-in-law got sick, so we're never going back. Uh, they have a new plan. They're three years. They've been declining in. Um, revenue so their new plan hold on to your hats girls hold on to your boyfriends is that now they're going to use breadsticks for their sandwiches now they will have meatball and chicken parm sandwiches covered in breadsticks that's the plan to get them back into making money breadsticks folks i don't i don't know what to say now if it works obviously i look like an idiot but come on it ain't gonna work that's their plan that's their plan let me tell you something i'm gonna play it 10 times today because the, uh, we're going to talk about the upfronts later, which is uh, when all the TV shows get picked, the networks go, and they tell you what TV shows are going to be canceled, what TV shows, that's why I played up front, American Idol. Finally canceled. Thank God I played that first clip. Taylor Hicks. Does anybody even remember that? You know who came in second that year? Catherine McPhee. She got picked up yesterday for the show Scorpion. Taylor Hicks. What an asshole. Anyway, I'm going to be playing this I've been looking for this clip Since the day I started this show On September 1st It's from the movie The Player And this is the pitch That Buck Henry The writer of The Graduate Tells uh, the head of the studio Which is played by Tim Robbins and We're going to be talking about this all day Because this is the kind of pitch That must have happened At the Olive Arle- Garden the other day okay. Thank you.
0: Thank you. how are you? Good, how, are you? Good. how are you doing? Good what do you got for me? Okay, here it is. The graduate part two. Oh good.
1: good. Now listen. <laughs> I'll play it more later because I'm gonna play it all day. The graduate, part two. Oh good. Okay, now listen. <laughs> oh. Okay. Are you ready? Are you sitting down? Have you had enough to eat? Have you got have you, have you gone to the bathroom? Are you ready? Breadsticks. Instead of bread, breadsticks for our meatball and chicken parm sandwiches. Huh? Huh? Am I right? Wait, Re- hello? Am I? And that guy finds himself right out in the street. What the? What did I say? Okay, now let's cut over to John Vinnie, who is on the phone with us from the Boston Globe. John Vinnie, nice to see you. Morning, Thank you Dick. for joining us on the uh, Dave Go podcast.
0: Thank you, Dave. How are you?
1: What you got a problem with that voice?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just thought I was talking to Brian Williams. Is he in studio with you?
1: <laughs> he sure is. Brian will tell you that he was here for every episode <laughs> <laughs> uh, um listen, thanks for uh joining me on my solo cast today.
0: You're, you're very welcome
1: and uh well as long as i i mean I was just uh you know I was just i was just doing my you missed it i uh I was just doing my uh, Jeremy Irons imitation. <laughs> uh, why should the,
0: why should this show be any different?
1: That's what I always say. Sana Halilah Hazeh. For you uh, people that don't know Hebrew, why is this night different than all other nights? Um, Alan, I'd like my own individual order of ginger prawns. <laughs> <laughs> now uh, you are in Boston. You work for the Boston Globe. In now Correct. Tom Brady. The great Tom Brady uh, is in big trouble. And the funny thing is, you know, he's going to be suspended for four games. What What is the tone in Boston about this? Because from what I'm to understand, uh, in, in the paper today, they had, like, a bunch of, you know, huge Brady fans uh, doing a sit-in at the NFL offices on Park Avenue. I only know because I couldn't get to work today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I suppose the mentality in Boston is that people are just outraged that this has happened to their hero and they're not believing anything.
0: I'll tell you exactly what this is is like. You have not seen or heard so many people who are upset, confused, disappointed. Uh, You haven't seen this type of reaction since Harvey Corman had his fruit cup taken away in high anxiety. (laughs)
1: Now that is an outstanding analogy, you son of a bitch. I'm only thirty seconds late. You're so strict. The TV V. I'll turn it down. I'm sorry if it disturbed you. I'm sorry I went into my nurse diesel. Those who are tardy do not get fruit cup. Sorry. With
0: Goodell, of course, as as uh, Leachman. But yes. That's um but that's what it's like up here. It's it's people don't don't they're upset. But they don't get it, and they don't, and they're fans, so of course they're behind Tom. My darling mother, the original city who oh sorry, who was in her eighties, is so upset <laughs> by this. She's so upset, poor Tommy, poor Tommy, she keeps saying, and um and that's just kind of the reaction it's it's a partly the fan reaction, but partly it's a if you look at this thing on paper, if you look at this thing. In terms of the whole rest of the world and what the actual crime was, the the punishment is completely out of whack. This is kind of like in baseball where you get caught uh, scuffing the baseball or putting Vaseline on the baseball or corking the bat. It's not a crime against humanity. But what this is 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 it's part one is that it's the the NFL saying we're sick of you, Belichick. We're sick of you, Bob Kraft. We're sick of the way you treat us and everybody else, and now we're going to get back at you. That's part one. Hmm. And part two is the NFL is just a screwed-up organization. It's, you, you, you can go through the whole list of the Ray Rice things and all the other Greg Hardy. Ray Rice only got 2
1: days th- suspension. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you, can, so you can go through all the mishandlings of all these other things, and in terms of those contexts, it, it makes a lot of sense because it makes no sense. It makes no sense in terms of what it should be, what it could be, what the crime was. Um, so, that's, so there's an element of confusion. There's an element of vindictiveness. There's an element of hurt. There's an element of uh, gotcha. But, you know, I, I think most normal people, fans or not fans, will say, yeah, they probably screw with the balls. And, yeah, they, they, these two jamokes who were in the, the locker room were doing it on orders. Right. Um, this is very much like *A uh, Few Good Men*. This is uh, with Belichick as Belichick and Brady as Colonel Jessup, and and that's the best analogy for that because he is they, nobody's going to do anything without their blessing.
1: Do you think? Uh, it would, it would wouldn't it be great if Tom Brady just uh, had a press conference and then say, "You're damn right, I gave the order." <laughs> even, yeah. Wouldn't that well, just I've be the greatest? Years, way before
0: this, I've said for years that. I think that Belichick, before, and when he's long retired, when he's in his hundreds, and he's going to write a book, and he's going to tell everybody what he did and why. Because I think, much like Carl Jessup and few good men, he wants to tell everybody <laughs> right. how smart he is. He just, this, 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 the last NFL draft, Dave, he took a long snapper in the draft. He also took a guy from the Navy who isn't going to be able to play for five years, now, you don't do these things, but and he we, does them all the time. He
1: does them as a joke or
0: what? I, he don't, Who knows? It is he kind
1: gets, of brilliant. He, that's the way I would run a team. I'd be doing all this stuff. Like, that's why if I was the coach, let's go for three points. <laughs> <laughs> why would he do that? Like, yeah, because uh, yeah, you'll see. <laughs> I wouldn't have a plan. He seems to always have a plan. What a dick. I mean, I can't stand this guy. But the other thing I wanted to say about that is that I get – how people in Boston are outraged. I completely understand because let's just say, and obviously this is just uh, saying, if the Jets uh, won the Super Bowl multiple times and and Mark Sanchez somehow became a living legend, I would definitely be the same way. I'm like, oh, you people are on a headhunting uh, thing. I mean, if it's your team and Tom Brady is God and he is God, and he may be at this point the greatest player of all time. I could totally get where fans would be completely outraged. But the rest of America, the people that hate everything the Patriots stand for, including their coach, thinks this is the greatest thing. And the only flaw to this plan is that he will be back in time to play the Jets. God damn it. And you know what the funny thing is, too, is that they're probably going to end up winning all those games anyway. They don't even need them. Sure. They'll yeah, the win he, two out of the four. Then right. they'll still be in contention for everything. God, I hate them.
0: Well, when, when the 49ers, for example, were winning with Montana and Steve Young, there was not a general hate throughout America for them.
1: That's true. That's an excellent and, point.
0: And like San Antonio Spurs have won whatever, four titles in the last five years. They're whatever, beloved.
1: They're, you know, they're beloved.
0: And no one hates them. So it's not a matter of winning that makes the hate. It's mm. they don't like the way it's done. And well, for blue, me, it's different. Hate the Yankees during their run. For me, they it's different. They were buying all their, buying all their championships, and people hate Belichick. And Belichick is, obviously a hall of famer, obviously genius, and obviously really, really hard to deal with for everybody. For everybody, Dave. When we have reporters up here who deal with Belichick, they have to like jump through hoops, flaming, firing hoops to do stuff. And if they go, for example, let's say the same reporter will call the Indianapolis Colts and say, hey, can we talk to uh, uh, Luck and do an interview? They're like, sure, come on over. We- Actually, he'll make you some breakfast. Come on <laughs> over. He'll he'll take you for a drive. He'll pick you up at the airport. And they're like, well, wait a minute. That's not the way it works. You're supposed to give us a hard time and not make them accessible, and you're not supposed to make us pray and come on bended knee. No, no, no. Just come on over. We'll, we'll make them available to you.
1: But for me, you know, I hate them because they're in my division. So that's a comp- – so I might – if I was a uh, Seattle Seahawk, I, they probably do hate the 49ers or something. But um, but you're right. In most America, that's an excellent point that uh, they're just, you know, because of Belichick mostly, they're just a hateful bunch. And quite and frankly, sp- I don't care for that Gronkowski either. <laughs> and why does he pull up his pants?
0: <laughs> well, and it goes back to Spygate, too. People think they, they were caught cheating. They, they've,
1: they've cheated. You- they've won every Super Bowl by cheating.
0: Do you think that nobody else was doing what the Pats were doing when they got caught doing that?
1: No, Spiregate? I think, uh, well, I'd like to think they weren't, <laughs> but um, right. you're probably right. Uh, so, listen, I, it, oh, I'm sorry, I ahead. just wanted to move on. Please. Uh, I was wondering if you, uh, you know, have you been watching any of the basketball?
0: Uh, yes, some basketball and some of the hockey, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean it's uh, really been great, and it's funny. Uh, did you see what Jeff Van Gundy said the other day about the you know you know how they keep hack a Jordan? Yeah, uh, well, I didn't see what he said though. What did he say? Well, what, you know what they what people what they do is uh, you know they they used to be called hack a Shaq because Shaq Shaquille O'Neal was such a bad free throw shooter, they would foul him so he wouldn't be able to make foul shots, and that was their big plan to win, and it worked for the first couple of years, and then Shaq figured it out, and it backfired sure. on the Clippers the other day with DeAndre Jordan's not good. So Van Gundy said, and this was great, Van Gundy's the old coach of the Knicks, and he's funny, and he used to be a commentator for TNT. I'm not sure what he does now. He goes, he'd rather watch reruns of Ray Donovan. (laughs) It's like if I have to watch a free throw shooting contest, it'd be Uh, like going to a football game and watching an extra point contest. Excellent way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I guess they got to fix that. It really is boring. However, the funny thing is, how about there were three – Great buzzer beaters this week. Uh the Paul Pierce one, which is a clip I don't have. Um, I got this one with the Bulls. Uh Derek Rose, the big buzzer beater over the Cavs. John Levy looking. Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. Bang! It's over! The Bulls win at the buzzer! Then I have the buzzer beater returning the favor, LeBron James with the Cavs over the Bulls. Like the next the next time, the next game. 1.5 remaining. James for the win. It's gone. LeBron James at the buzzer. Was that amazing?
0: It was it was it was great. It was great theater. It was great.
1: But the Rangers Capitals series, have you seen any of it?
0: Uh some, yeah.
1: It's been very entertaining, I cannot oh. deny
0: playoff playoff hockey is 800% better than the difference between playoff hockey and regular season hockey is the biggest gap of all the sports um, uh, playoff football is better than regular season football playoff basketball is a little bit better but just because it's more exciting okay. um, playoff baseball is much better but the difference between regular season hockey and yeah. playoff hockey it's oh, amazing. it's it's, it's, a, it's so much fun yeah, I- I can't sit you through watch, a regular
1: season game of hockey, but the playoff hockey, I can sit through even one, you know, Calgary and yes. uh, you know, whoever, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's great. The, the Houston time.
0: Arrows and the uh, Phoenix Coyotes could play, and you don't know anybody, and you'd watch all for four hours.
1: Yeah. So, John, anyway, thank you so much uh, for joining me today. I appreciate you letting us know what was going on in the, the Boston area with the uh, Brady Bunch and all that nonsense. And one time you got to come down and just be in studio, you know, hang out the whole time. Hey.
0: I'd love to. I'd love to visit the uh, the kind of kids' news studio. Or whatever we're gonna, whatever we can brand it there. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks. For
1: co- you're due thanks to for come down. Dave. We got to go to that uh, horrible barbecue place that I hate. You know, again, even though we like it there, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it there, but I like it there. I like going there with you. All right, John. Thank right. you so much. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Bye. Bye. John Vitti, everybody, one of my best pals. Uh, let's see. Good evening, everybody <laughs> so um television well first let me tell you this the Avengers obviously kicking ass the box office it's ridiculous 312 million dollars so far made 77 million this is week two usually in a week two you make 30 20 million. Seventy-seven, And the funny thing is Hot Pursuit The Reese Witherspoon Sofia Vergara 13 million That's how far behind The number two movie was From 77 million To 13 million Can you believe that? That's unbelievable And let's uh, just mention this One thing There was an article The other day About Scarlett Johansson and her part in the Avengers and how it's domesticated now. And, uh, you know, how they're, she, they're saying they've just kind of dumbed it down in a way where, uh, let's see, I have here. Comic book movies have had a woman problem for, oh, forever. But this past week has been a particularly notable low for Marvel which seems incapable of understanding that its superhero movies are laughably sexist. That's what this woman, Sarah Stewart, says. Because they're saying that Scarlett Johansson's character, Black Widow, was overly domesticated and feminized. Well, although perhaps that might be true, the problem, and I'm not being sexist, the problem is Scarlett Johansson as an actress I've seen the first adventures I've seen all the Captain America I've seen everything she's been in she's not good and I think they know it and then you end up with the person that's not driving the story in any fun way because she's not doing anything she's boring okay can I find can I say this Are people going to get upset? If Sarah was here, she'd be like, you're just saying that because she's a woman? No, I'm not. I bet you if Jennifer Garner was in that role, it'd probably be awesome. She's no fun. Scarlett Johansson is boring. I don't particularly care for her as an actress. There's no doubt about it. She's very attractive. And if I see her in the neighborhood, and I know she lives in my neighborhood, I'd probably be like, oh my God. (laughs) But she's the, the problem. It's the actress. If there was a, much, a more entertaining actress in that role, I don't think that would be the case. I don't think this woman would feel she was domesticated or perhaps, and I haven't seen the movie, the writers were just like, well, well eh, what are we doing? You know, if, if, if the writers were more encouraged by her character, they might have not made it that way. We've seen lots of women. We talk about the girl in Orphan Black all the time where they've made a huge mistake in that show. Orphan Black with this Tatiana Mislani, whatever her name is, is one of the greatest actresses of our time and they have ruined the series because they're not using it. Now they're using a couple of other dudes playing clones and this guy can't hold a candle to what this one actress is playing seven different parts. Now this is an exciting actress who's kicking ass. So I'm not being sexist I'm telling you Scarlett Johansson was the wrong choice And that's why it seems As if they've done this Because the writers give her nothing to do Because she brings down the plot She brings down the movie Looks good in the costume though I'm sorry I hope you don't feel I'm being sexist I've just, I have to say it It's just the way I feel You're welcome America Hey how are you? so how about uh, some of the uh, well let me just say uh, the uh, for the cow cup uh, I just wanted to bring this up again Uh, well we're still uh, the the numbers haven't changed Kenny's in first place little Scotty Gorenstein Liza Vanelli's publicist in second place he actually picked (laughs) he's so funny he actually picked this week um, the Ducks in five you believe this guy He's so funny And he picked the Blackhawks And he picked the Lightning In six He picked the Lightning in six He's amazing He's so funny He's doing so well He's going to win the Cow Cup How funny is that How an embarrassment is that going to be To, to Kenny who, who, you know, bets on sports Or, you know, David Schechter Who also does the same thing That's going to be funny Or myself Or John Vitti From the Boston Globe Who's in third place with 21 Always the case Nobody knows anything Now, they cancelled a bunch of shows uh, This week And they're bringing on new ones Now, you know that's my favorite thing to do Is to talk about some of the ones Now, the ones they cancelled They they cancelled Christella I don't know if you remember um, You know, we were talking about that early on Um, We played some clips I wonder if I still have some of them Uh, They were really bad Uh, Let's see I don't think I have it You know I had memo on And I was like You know How, how do you Do you think this is You know Not cool Is it Is it uh, You know Racist Mexicans Or something She's It doesn't matter I don't have it But um they canceled that they canceled that show forever I, I um, believe I called that and I'll go over in September I'll go over what I said was going to be canceled said, Battle Creek that didn't have a chance Stalker I told you that would be canceled lasted a lot longer than I thought it would Backstrom I saw that coming a mile away they canceled the Kevin Baker when the following and they canceled the Mindy Project uh, but that'll probably show up somewhere else Like Community People seem to like it But it did shitty in the ratings Just like Again Well that that's a Fox one So that And it's weird You're coming off the New Girl Which does pretty good That's probably why it got dropped About a Boy Which was a bag of crap My favorite show Constantine I really liked that show They completely cancelled it And they say that the reason they were Keeping it up in arms They couldn't decide Whether they're going to Cancel it Because they want to Sometimes NBC Tends to maintain Relationships with producers Because they just want to Be in a relationship With you know Certain producers Now The one they cancelled That I wanted to talk about Is the show One Big Happy And I don't know Whether I mentioned it When it first came out It's an Ellen DeGeneres show With Alicia Cuthbert who I, is so hot And a bunch of other nerds And uh The premise was that she was gay Which was ridiculously hot And her best friend was a dude who was not gay And they were best friends, I guess, since childhood And the premise was that they they made a pact That once they reached 30 And I'm pretty sure I talked about this Once they reached 30 They would have a baby together If they didn't meet anybody else Now, this was the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life because, once again, if you're telling me these two gorgeous human beings, I mean, the guy is just as good-looking as Alicia Cuthbert. I hope I'm pronouncing it. You know I'm bad with names. If these two idiots can't find somebody to have a baby with at 30, and why are they even worried about 30 that they're already the show's horrible. Ellen's like, well, we gotta have a gay couple. Why don't you just so how uh, sex not sexist? What is it called? Ageism. You're so worried at thirty, you're not gonna meet anybody. You jerk offs. These are the two prettiest people I've ever seen. They're all so worried. Oh, we better have it now, quick. I, I gotta get pregnant. She gets pregnant. The guy meets somebody. They end up getting married, and then the three of them are gonna live together. aha uh-huh. One big happy. I didn't hate it because Alicia Cuthbert's so hot, that I you know, I got a problem with that. you know, I'll end up watching stuff like that cause I'm an idiot. And it wasn't like horrible, although here's a scene from it. Oh my God, where is Luke? We have
0: three minutes. He's going to show up. I know he's going to show up. I'll bet my real ear on it. <laughs> so nice to have everything out in the open. yeah, what does
1: that mean? Nobody knows.
0: something must have happened. He wouldn't miss this. I'm here! (gasps) Roy! Why Why would you scream, I'm here, if we're waiting for Luke? I just wanted to make sure you knew where I was. (laughs) Because I'm taking the pictures.
1: (laughs) Lizzie, if this marriage license isn't signed in two and a half minutes, I'm gone. Okay, Sissy, you're really running out of time. What's plan B? Honey, that's the plan you use if plan A doesn't work out. (laughs) What? Oh my god, and those fake laughs. It drives you crazy, right? I, I can't understand how it. Well, it was canceled. How is that possible? And if Ellen, Ellen's people weren't watching, wow. Because she's almost like Oprah. She's going to get people to do stuff. Now, here's something completely interesting. Now, you heard that scene. You heard what I probably consider fake laughs. It sounds like it, right? Now, here is something interesting. Here is an outtake from that show. Now what happens is uh, you know that the Alicia is sitting there and this guy comes in I don't know what the premise is and he smacks her on the ass and apparently he was not supposed to smack her on the ass and she breaks character. Now listen to these laughs. And I love. <laughs> <laughs> The audience is screaming over an outtake. Why don't you just make the whole show an outtake? How is that scene not in the show? If you're getting that big a laugh, and if that's the only way you're getting the biggest laugh I've seen in television in in years, (laughs) how is that not in the show? Well, then you got a bad show. If that's where you're getting the biggest laughs, from because she she breaks character and then runs off the set and runs away, you've done something wrong. Thank you. That is my take on one big happy. Now, where else? Oh, so here they have announced some of the other uh, new shows they have. And again, uh, let's uh, just before we uh, <laughs> let's play this again.
0: Okay, I'm still- Hi, How are you? Good. How you doing? Good.
1: What do you got for me? Okay. Here it is. The Graduate, Part 2. Oh, good. good. Now listen. The three principals are still with us. Uh-huh. Dustin Hoffman and Bancroft. Catherine Ross. Mm-hmm. Twenty-five years later, and so are the characters. Ben, Elaine, and Mrs. Robinson. Ben and Elaine are married. Still, they live in a big old spooky house up in Northern California somewhere. And Mrs. Robinson lives with them. Mm. Her aging mother, who's had a stroke. Mrs. And Robinson, lives, had
0: Mrs. A stroke. Robinson has a stroke. So she can't talk. Is going to be funny? Yeah, it'll be funny. With-
1: <laughs> Isn't that great? She has a stroke. Is it going to be funny? Oh, yeah, it'll be it'll, it'll be funny. Stroke? And weird and funny and with a stroke. Fuck okay. <laughs> Henry. He's still got it. So. Uh, CBS, uh, you know, announced their lineup. They got this uh, show called Angel from Hell with Jane Lynch, which might not be bad. You know, she's good. When Amy enters Allison's life and claims to be her guardian angel, they form an unlikely friendship, and Allison can't be sure if Amy is an angel. The Graduate Part 2. i I'm Because you can picture people pitching this. It just sounds funny in the description. Life in Pieces with Diane Wiest and james brolin and colin hanks now that's some cast a comedy about one family told through the separate stories of its different family members yeah. now they get some dramas They got this code black with marcia Gayhart, and who cares it'll probably be fine it's a medical drama blah 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 i've seen a hundred times they got another spinoff to Criminal Minds Beyond Borders. Focuses on a division of the FBI that helps American citizens who find themselves in danger abroad. You know that's probably going to do well. It's with Gary Sinise. Now we move from the CSI franchise to the Criminal Minds franchise. Brilliant! And now here's a good one. Limitless. They're going to make a series about that. i got to tell you, I might be into that. I liked that movie with Bradley Cooper. You know where you uh, find the, the drug that... Uh, Enhanced abilities to, you know, to solve weekly cases For the FBI Oh I didn't read that part <laughs> To solve weekly cases For the FBI uh, I think I'd like it better If it was a comedy And he was just using it To get laid He's using 100% Of his brain To get laid On a weekly basis Now that's a show The Graduate Part 2 And then they're making A TV series Are you ready Remember those garlic uh, the, the breadsticks <laughs> On Rush Hour The movie Yeah Uh, A stoic by the book Hong Kong police officer Is assigned to a case In Los Angeles Where he's first to work With a cocky African American LAPD officer Who has no interest In his partner I don't know Chris Tucker Pretty fucking funny It's gonna be hard To figure out I don't see how They're gonna work that out And then Supergirl And you know who's in it Helen Slater She's not Supergirl but they gave her a part Which is nice because she played the original Supergirl movie Which is a bag of shit I don't know Okay Well here we are again Supergirl Am I saying I don't know because you know You people know I love the Flash I love Arrow because I like superhero stuff I like Mar- Marvel's of Shield Am I not liking Supergirl Because I'm sexist Because I don't feel like seeing a female superhero Maybe but probably not I mean if I was a big fan of Alias I'm a big fan of Orphan Black Or I was So I don't mind girls that kick ass I just got a bad feeling about Supergirl Because Supergirl's stupid I don't like Supergirl I didn't like her in the comics Superman I hated Superboy Okay I like Superman I don't like that he had cousins The great thing about Superman Was, was that he was the last Person from Krypton left That's, that's the thing you know, that's it, and maybe maybe Zod once in a while, but that that's it. No, then all of a sudden, you know, Supergirl, and and of course Crypto, Superman's dog, <laughs> who I actually you know enjoy because you know I like you know animals, you know that talk or or superhero ones. So, <laughs> like Crypto, <laughs> Crypto's kind of great. <laughs> This should just really make a show about crypto. You might as well just go the whole way. You know, I'm going down to Adult Swim in a couple of weeks to talk to them about something. i kind of be out of my mind not to do a show about crypto. <laughs> Superman's dog. Hello. Duh. The Graduate Part 2. <laughs> Oh, I got it going on, all right. Let me tell you something. Oh, is that it? <laughs> I'm so surprised the music came on. I, 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 I don't know. Oh, we got along? I'm talking to my producer. That would be Selena, my cat. How they don't make a movie about her, I don't know. Well, I think we had a pretty good time today. I guess you'll let me know by sending me tweets and texts and things... I don't know what we're doing next week. Next week will be the week before Memorial Day weekend. I will be doing a show. Why not? I don't feel like taking a break. I enjoy doing the show. Until I feel like not doing it anymore, right? Anyway, uh, have a great week, everybody. And um, I'll try and come up with uh, some exciting stuff for next week. And we'll talk about the playoffs some more. We'll have some more information on the Cal Cup. So please, join me next week. And sweet if you like the show. Because it's great. So long, everybody. Good night.